Hey, now I know it's Freestyle Friday. It is Financial Freedom Friday. And for many people, that is a payday. And this payday can bring you power. This payday could take away your power. So what I want us to do is I want us to discuss something very important. Uh, But before we get into the discussion, I want us to remember, let's go back to the basics. Let's go back to where it all started. Let's go back to what Big Mom and them taught us. We got to spend less money. We got to keep more money. We got to get more money. And then we have to get our money back. And so in light of uh, the award show season, I get the opportunity to not just travel around the world, but also to work with some of the world's greatest entertainers. I get an opportunity to go to many of the award shows. And um, I see a lot of things happening in our community. I see a lot of people talking about homelessness. I see a lot of us talking about Uh, lack of uh, equity in the workplace. I see us talking about unemployment. And I also see us talking about disparity in wages uh, based on gender, based on race. But let me tell you something. When I get to these award shows, I see a lot of money on people's backs. I see a lot of money on people's feet. I see a lot of money on people's hands. I see a lot of money being spent on our outward appearance. And I'm just trying to figure out how do we get to a place where we do not fall into the pit? You know, I say rich people stay rich because they act poor and poor people stay poor because they act rich and poor people stay poor acting rich in front of other poor people. (laughs) How about that? Have you ever been in that situation? I know I was when I was living check to Monday. Let me tell you something. I would loan money to people when I was broke, even though I didn't have the money because I didn't want them to think I was broke. And I was. You see, I was too ashamed to say I can't afford it. I was too ashamed to tell the truth. And the truth is it wasn't in my budget. It did not fit. And so I went through that cycle. I know so many people are going through that cycle. I know so many people are trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B. In the same way I do money makeovers for people on television and you see it in the media, I do it for people one-on-one. And the thing that I am finding consistently across the board is our inability, for whatever reason, to stop spending money we don't have. So I talked about rich people staying rich because they act poor, but the word that I want to share today, and there's a message. In the Bible, it says one man pretends to be rich and has nothing. Another pretends to be poor and has great wealth. So today's million-dollar topic is how to end your spending addiction. You see, a spending addiction is what you have when you go to the department store for toothpaste and you walk out with $179.47 worth of stuff you don't need. Has it ever happened to you? I know it's happened to me too. (laughs) You know, so I talk about living by the 10, 10, 30, 50. I'm going to review it very quickly. The first 10% you tithe. I believe it. You just tithe. I'm not talking about who the pastor is, what the church is doing. I just believe that good givers are great getters. So the first 10% you tithe. The next 10% of every dollar you get, you save. And I highly recommend that you save it. I want you to call my partners, um, uh, Tania Simmons over at State Farm. She's on Lens List. So if you go to lynnmillionaire.com and you click on Lens List, you're going to find Miss Tania Simmons. And I want you to get everything that you need from there. So the first 10% you tithe, the next 10% you save, you put that money in a bank account on the other side of town that's not connected to your checking account because you don't want to have this swapping ability. You don't want to put the money in the savings account. And then when the going gets tough five minutes later, you're pulling the money out. Here's the other thing. If you pull too 
much money out of your savings account too frequently, they will close your savings account. They'll shut it down because it won't be a savings account. It won't meet the terms. So the first 10% you tithe, the next 10% you save. What I've been teaching for over 10 years, for, for a long time, is the next 30% is cash in your pocket. Now, let me tell you why it has to be cash in your pocket. Again, this is to avoid that spend, spending addiction because this is what I want you to understand. The entire world is, is dependent upon you not thinking when you spend. Let me repeat. The entire world is depending on this premise that you will not think when you spend that you will simply swipe to satisfy your emotional needs, to satisfy your image needs, to satisfy your mental needs, whatever they are. The entire world is depending on you to not think. So when you have cash in your pocket, now this cash is for incidentals. This cash is for things like groceries, gas, hair, nails, uh, electronics, you need a new phone, whatever the case may be. That's this cash is for those things. If you go to the grocery store and all you have is $100, it's happened to me. I had $100. I went to the grocery store. I knew what I needed to spend. By the time I got to the cash register, you know, I forgot <laughs> about my budget. I had over $200 worth of stuff or somewhere around there. If I had a credit card, a debit card or a check, I would have started writing or would have started swiping either way, because one of two things would have happened. I would have had pride or shame. And what I need you to know about pride and shame is it's all the same. You see, pride says, you know what? I'm really down here, but I'm going to make everybody think I'm up here. You're down here, but you're going to make them think that you're up there. Okay. So the posture is low, but you want them to think that you're high. And then shame says, I'm only down here. You know, shame is where you condemn yourself and say, I'm only down here and I should be up there. You see, the position is still the same down here and the incorrect perception is up there. So I would have either had too much pride, meaning I would not have wanted people to think that I couldn't pay for it or whatever the case may be, or I would have had too much shame. I would have been embarrassed. Okay. So because I only had $100 cash, I had to do what you do when you only have $100 cash, when you have no options. I was bootleg. I had to figure out what I was going to put back. I was looking at the prices of things. Of course, the people in line behind me started getting irritated. And eventually I started getting irritated back. You know how we do. But it taught me a valuable lesson that unless I forced myself to be in a position to spend only what I had, chances are I probably would not have broken that. And so now I can go into the store and go in there for one thing and come out with one thing only. I can go into a mall and shop for uh, the red carpet or shop for a TV appearance. And not only will I get the only thing that I need, but I will make sure that it's the least expensive option possible. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about creating millionaires one family at a time today's million dollar topic of the day is how to end your spending addiction if you want to get to the next level financially got to get that spending under control because guess what if you make fifty thousand dollars a year but you spend sixty thousand you live in check to monday if you make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year but you spend three hundred fifty thousand you live in check to monday if you make ten million dollars a year but you spend twenty million 
it's going to be extremely problematic because the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So the more responsibility you have that you cannot meet, the more pressure you're going to feel. So don't think that the answer to your money problem is to get more money. Simply, that's not the only thing, because if more money would solve a money problem, you'd never have a bankrupt millionaire. You never have a bankrupt billionaire. So it's a mindset change. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about the mindset that we want to change. You know, I am aware that there is an unfortunate situation happening throughout our communities. And I'll, and I'll talk to you about one of them in particular. I know that there are uh, children uh, in high school, young adults uh, who are in high school who are homeless uh, or at least classifying themselves as homeless for one reason or another. Uh, maybe there's a domestic issue uh, at home. Maybe the parents simply are not available. But these children are being classified as homeless, and it's a system. And being classified as homeless means that they get access to free lunch, free transportation, free bus car, uh, you know, no expenses. If there are specific things uh, that require a fee at the school, then they don't have to, you know, either A, they don't have to participate, or B, they get to participate um, complimentary. Now, here's the problem. First of all, I want to, you know, give my utter um, just respect. I think homelessness is something that should not happen. Um, I know what I'm going to do as I grow and as I get more empowered. I understand that my capacity is to help other people who uh, are not as fortunate as I. The only reason in this world why you get an opportunity to live better, be better, do better and get more is to help yourself and help build the kingdom, help other people. So I believe that. But I also know that there are instances, and, and it's more uh, instances that, I, that I'm, I care to even acknowledge, where these same people who are claiming that they are homeless are also showing up at proms with you know $700, $900 uh, shoes, red bottoms. Let me tell you something. There's nothing about a red bottom that I ever want <laughs> that's going to cause me to pay $900 for it. I'm just not going to do it. They're showing up at prom with with dresses and five hundred dollar weaves and nails done and, you know, all of these things. And we have got to get a handle. We've got to get a handle on where we're spending our money and why we are placing value in things that don't bring us any value. Why are we doing that? I believe we come from a history of not having. And when we get the opportunity to have, we have to show the world we got it. Maybe you were brought up in a situation where you were entitled. Maybe your parents gave you too much. And, and so as you got older, you had a certain expectation. I've certainly been guilty of that. I was guilty of, of bringing my children up in an entitled environment, paying for things, uh, going uh, on trips and being excessive and not having a budget. And so when everything fell apart, I had to pull back. I had to pull them out of uh, cheerleading that I was paying for going all across the country. They went and cheered at school for free. I had to pull them out of dance. They went and got in the dance ministry at church for free. I had to pull them out of private school. They went to the free school where I was already paying taxes. Now, of course, I had to do some talking and coaching and emotionally um, it, it was an issue. But the truth is my children became settled and grounded as I became settled and grounded. So as long as I was thinking I had to do these things, of course, they thought they deserved it. They thought that, that that's what life was. See, I was in a position to teach my children what life was and is. And so are you. So we've got to stop 
thinking that we have to impress other people with things. I remember a conversation I had with uh, Susan Taylor, uh, you know, the infamous uh, editor-in-chief of Essence Magazine. I I call her the editor-in-chief forever. She is the editor-in-chief emeritus as far as I'm concerned. And I remember at a book signing she had probably over a decade ago, and she said something so powerful because the question had come up from the audience You know, how do you say no? How do you tell your family members no? How do you tell your friends no? How do you say no? And she said, no is a complete sentence. (laughs) Changed my life. No is a complete sentence. When you say no, you don't have to validate it. When you say no, you don't have to justify it. The only person you may have to justify it to is yourself. And if you are feeling guilty, understand that your yes cannot be a cover up for your guilt. So you've got to go on and say no and then face what you're feeling. What do you feel guilty about? Do you feel guilty about promising something to someone that you knew you couldn't deliver when you promised it? Well, now is a time to tell yourself the truth first and then tell them and to say, listen, when I made that commitment to you, I thought I was going to have the money. When I made that commitment to you, I was expecting a big check. When I made that commitment to you, I really wasn't thinking at all. I just wanted to please you and make you happy. But the truth is, now that it's time for me to meet that commitment, I can't do it. I don't have it. My bills are due. My rent needs to be paid. My mortgage is late. I don't even have enough money to pay my past due bills. See, we've got to start having honest conversations. One of the things that I talk about when I talk about um, how to end your battle with money for good, and I talk about the armor, and I talk about the armor from the perspective that is presented in Ephesians 6. I'm not going to go into it deeply here, but the first piece of the armor is truth. If you want to get your life in order, it says put on the belt of truth. Let me tell you something about a belt. A belt holds up everything, and the truth, not only will it set you free, it will make you free. You see, the truth may be difficult to face at first. But once you get past the difficulty, there's freedom. There's relief. I tell people all the time, if they're trying to repossess your car, let them take it. Stop trying to hide a car. Uh Uh-uh, you can't afford it. If you could afford it, you would have paid the bill. If you could afford it or if you had priorities, you would have paid the bill. Whatever the case is, let's stop holding on to stuff that doesn't belong to us. And if we don't have the money to pay for it, if we have made mistakes, if we have not been in order, whatever it is, now is the time to let go. We're talking about ending your spending addiction. And that's when we spend more money than we have on stuff that we don't need to cure what I call a material illness. As a matter of fact, what my mentor Russell Simmons called, he calls it material illness. I'm going to talk about that after the break. Let's talk about real estate, real estate. Hi, I'm financial expert Lynn Richardson. You've seen me on Good Morning America, The Breakfast Club, and KBLA Talk. I'm so excited about sharing with you the Home Buyers Club. It's time for you to get the home of your dreams. No credit, no problem. Low credit, no problem. No down payment, no problem. I am excited about you getting a piece of the American dream. Join the Home Buyers Club today. Give yourself the gift of wealth with no limits. Lynn Richardson and New Wealth University is giving 50% off on the Platinum Wealth Ambassador Program. The Platinum Wealth Ambassador Program will give you two full years of unlimited access to all of Lynn's online classes, 
books, boot camps, masterclasses, and webinars. So give yourself the gift of wealth with no limits with 50% off on the Platinum Wealth Ambassador Program, available on lynnrichardson.com. We must end our spending addiction. When I was on the uh, Super Rich Tour with Russell Simmons, one of the issues or one of the um, concepts in the book is uh, this idea of needing nothing. You see, when you operate from a state of needing nothing, then you already have everything. When you don't need anything, there's no anxiety. When you don't need anything, there's no fear. When you don't need anything, you get to operate in your full power. Let me, what, let me explain what I mean to you by, now, by not needing anything. It certainly doesn't mean you don't need food, water, and shelter. Absolutely, it means you need that. You must eat. You must, you must have a safe place to sleep. You need safety and security. You need a roof over your head. You need heat in the wintertime. But what I'm saying is this. When you have what you need, not putting any anxiety on the things that you don't have gives you the power to go out and get it. So let me give you an example. <clears throat> when I filed bankruptcy in 2008, uh, I decided that I didn't want any debt at all. Now, I was in love with my Lexus. I love that Lexus. It, it's my favorite car. I'm probably giving um, a free uh, <laughs> advertisement right now, but you know what? It is what it is. It was uh, pearl white. I bought it um, for a significant discount. It had one previous driver, uh, one previous owner who only drove it. I think she only drove it to the grocery store and church because it didn't. It had barely any miles on it. So I got it at a significant discount and uh, it was my car. It's what I wanted. It's what I loved. But when I made the decision to file bankruptcy, I didn't want any debt. I didn't want to pick and choose which debt I was going to keep. I didn't want to get a certain amount of bondage. I wanted to be free completely. And I did not have a need to continue to attach myself to a Lexus that was going to cost me money every month when I had... Another car that I could drive for free. I had another car that was paid off. I had a Toyota and I had an old BMW. And I know it sounds like it was a great BMW, but no, it was very old. It was very old. I think I bought it for maybe $1,500 or $2,500. That tells you how old it was. So, and I remember in the summertime, I don't even think we had any air conditioning. The windows wouldn't go. Like, it was a mess. But the truth is, I didn't need anything more than transportation to get me from one place to the next. So because I did not need the uh, image that was associated with driving a Lexus, because I did not need to feel uh, some kind of a way, guess what? I was able to come out of that situation with power. And, and, and I, was, uh, I was blessed, but I worked very hard to rise up quickly and with power. When I made the decision to go into the entertainment business, I went to the number one place. I went to Rush Communications. When I made the decision to help people because I opened a magazine and I saw Susie Orman standing there with Jay-Z and Beyonce and all these entertainers, and they were talking to 10,000 African-American and Hispanic people, I thought, now Susie's great. She gets all my love and respect, but that's supposed to be me because I can say stuff to my people that maybe someone of another race cannot. I, that's just, that just is what it is. And in addition to that, I have a different flavor. I have a different style. There's enough out here for all of us. And so because I didn't need anything 
I got everything. You see, material illness is what you have when a material thing's presence gives you pleasure and its absence gives you pain. I enjoy driving the Lexus, but not have it didn't cause me any frustration. I enjoy wearing nice clothes, but not having on the latest designer suit, that doesn't bother me. As a matter of fact, I don't want it on because I'm not putting five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 on my body for somebody who's not pouring directly back into my community. If I don't own any stock, if it's not a business relationship, then I'm not interested. My mind is in a different place. And I know if I can get there, you can get there too. So this whole idea of material illness are you going out spending money, buying clothing? Tell me what is it giving you? Is it giving you a sense of satisfaction? Okay, if it is giving you a sense of satisfaction, where are you not satisfied? Are you lonely? Are you depressed? Did something go uh, terribly wrong in your childhood? Is your marriage falling apart? Is your job uh, not treating you well? There's some place in your life that's lacking where you have decided that you're going to get fulfillment from this over here. And it's okay to seek, seek fulfillment, but you don't want to seek fulfillment and be depleted at the same time. It's like a room flooding and you're taking the water from one side of the room and pouring it on the other side of the room. Guess what? It's still flooding. So I'm okay with you going out and looking nice and being clean and dressing comfortably and driving a respectable car. But if you're doing that at the detriment of your own wealth, if you're doing that to the detriment of building your own family legacy, if you're doing that to the detriment of becoming a millionaire one penny at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time, one dime at a time, then there's something that needs to be adjusted. And what I'm saying is it's our mindsets. That's right. It's our mindset. So the state of needing nothing means I'm satisfied with what I have. Now, I'm not settling here, but it's not causing me any pain or frustration either. I'm just going to get to the grind. I'm going to put my nose to the table. I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to be consistent. And whatever that consistency is, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get my business in order. I'm going to go after my clients. I'm going to put my website together. I'm going to do what I have to do to get where I'm trying to go. I'm not going to the club kicking it. Let me tell you, I was talking to a group of 23-year-olds last night, <laughs> yesterday, and they said they're tired of going to the club. I said, let me tell you something. I stopped going to the club in my early 20s. After college, and I had partied, and I had did all the stepping and all that stuff, at a very early age, I was like, okay, enough of that because I've got something that I want to do with my life and I see it. I can taste it. I can feel it. And it's not at the club. I've got a dream that I know that I can accomplish and it's not at the club. It's not at the bar. It's not out kicking it to two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times when I do go out. There were times when I did go out. I'd go out with my husband. I got married at a young age. I'd go out with family and friends from time to time. But it wasn't an everyday thing. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Welcome forward. Now, this is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time, and one dime at a time. And that means you. Okay, so it's Tax Talk Thursday and uh, here on the Millionaire's Roundtable, and we are trying to make our taxes work for us. 
A tax refund does not have to be this uh, sugar daddy, sugar mama type check that you only get once a year and you get to splurge and then you're broke again. A tax refund can be used to build, expand, grow, and generate wealth. I've said already that the more money you make, the more the IRS will take. So you, you, you know, my story going from a hundred thousand to 200,000 or going from a $10,000 check to a $20,000 check. Um, you've heard about, uh, Antoine Walker, the NBA player who had, uh, an infamous deal, well over a hundred million dollars. I think it was $110 million. And he was only in the NBA for a short time. And he was, a, he was broke a few years after he got out of the NBA. Now, remember, the more money you make, the more the IRS will take. Just because someone gets a $110 million contract does not mean they got $110 million. Okay? So, first he had to pay his attorneys, agents, and managers. That could be anywhere from 20 to 30%. So, let's just say right off the top, somewhere between 20 and maybe 30 million is gone. So that 110 million is now down to maybe 80 million, somewhere around there. Now you owe taxes on this money. Now here's the problem with owing taxes on $110 million. If you get the money uh, January 1st of 2022 or January 1st of 2020 or January 1st of any year, you don't necessarily pay the taxes right away. Okay? The money is not due until... April of the following year, and in most cases, the money is already spent. You already spent the money, right? And so he has talked about this publicly where he has said he was buying houses and cars for family members. He was taking lavish trips and vacations and, you know, all of these things and giving an allowance to this relative and that relative. Here's what you need to understand about taxes, there are over 400 tax deductions for people who have a home-based business. So if he was a consultant of some sort, if he worked for the NBA, but he also had a home-based business, either consulting or teaching or uh, doing any kind of consulting work, coaching, he could have had a, uh, a youth basketball team or whatever it is. He could have had a home-based business. And guess what? Now... When you pay someone, you don't give them an allowance because an allowance is not a tax write-off. Parents, stop giving your children an allowance. It's not a tax write-off. But if you pay that child to work in your business, you can pay that child up to $12,500 a year. And now that $12,500 a year is a tax write-off to you and it's completely tax-free to the child. So I don't care if it's your mother, your father, your grandmother, Pookie, Ray Ray, Keisha, Antoine, Antoinette, whoever it is, stop giving money away to people because that's not a tax write-off. And chances are, if you give them the money, let's say they called you to borrow some money, you gave them the money, you're probably never going to get it back and so on and so forth. So hire your family members. In New Wealth University, I have a whole academy called the Entrepreneur's Academy. And it teaches people how to build world-class businesses, but also, also how to live your life like a business so you can get as many tax deductions as possible, legally, ethically, morally, and all with the permission of the IRS. 
those trips he was taking. The IRS says, if you take a business trip, so if, if I, instead of going to the family reunion, I'm not going to any family reunion. I'm not going to the class reunion. I'm not doing any of that. My trip is labeled as a business trip. So when I fly, my airplane ticket is a tax write-off. My hotel is a tax write-off. My meals are a tax write-off. Even my dry cleaning. When you travel for business and you soil your clothing, when you bring those clothes, close back home, the IRS says you can now write off your dry cleaning bill. Okay. So when I took my kids to Disney world in 2008, the whole trip was a business trip. I spoke at my uh, convention. I sold my books. They worked in the business and guess what? Everybody is happy. So if Antoine Walker had taken business trips, he would have had a tax write-off. We've got to learn to live our lives like a business. The harvest is here. The time is now. Hi, I'm financial expert Lynn Richardson. You may have seen me on Good Morning America, The Steve Harvey Show, or Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell. Guess what? Did you know you can get your money back if you hire your kids? You can get your money back if you go out to eat. You can get your money back if you go on a vacation. Well, guess what? In my book, Get Your Money Back, Tax Deductions You Never Know About, I'm going to teach you how you can get your money back with your home-based business legally, ethically, and all with the permission of the IRS. Just go to askglenn.org. Okay, it's Tax Talk Thursday here on the Millionaire's Roundtable, and we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to talk about, okay? We have got to get this thing straight, okay? Everybody thinks uh, that taxes are your enemy, but it can, taxes can be your friend. First of all, we have to pay taxes, okay? We've got to pay taxes so uh, the country can run, so we can have um, resources, and uh, benefits to support people and to support the infrastructure and to have uh, street lights and schools and all these things. So we have to pay taxes. Um, but it is okay to put a strategy in place to get your taxes down to the legal, ethical, and moral limit. And do not let haters, naysayers, blockers, and crab barrel leg pullers, do not let them tell you that this is risky. If you uh, did not go to pilot school and you tried to fly a plane, that would be risky. But if you've gone to pilot school and you have uh, flown thousands of hours, uh, then you can fly a plane. Um, if you have never done surgery and you're trying to uh, go and cut somebody open, that would be risky. But if you went to medical school and you did your residency and you learned the surgical procedures and you did your fellowship, then it would not be risky. So if you try to write off tax deductions that you know nothing about because you did not go to school to get a financial education, then yes, that will be risky. But that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about getting a proper education. I have been studying the tax code with my mentor, who is a former tax attorney. He used to work for the IRS. He used to teach the agents how to go out and get people. But now all he does is teach self-employed business owners. He coaches us on the proper usage of the tax code. So once you learn the rules of the game and play the game by the rules, then it is no longer risky. 
The first thing that you must do is get a home-based business. And the second thing you must do is set your, your life up and live your life like a business so that you can get your money back for things that you are going to spend your money on anyway. Let me give you some examples. I already talked about hiring your kids, your family members, your brother, your sister, your niece, your nephew. Um, in my household, everybody has a job. Okay, everybody has a job. I don't even have any pets because pets cannot work. All right, I'd have to go th through some extreme measures to be able to write off a pet. You'd actually have to have them in the business, working in the business, in order to be able to take care uh, of those expenses and write them off. Um, I used to, I didn't used to have plants, but I bought a new house and the plants came with the house. There are 88 plants in the house and um, I cannot write those plants off. Those, they are living uh, being except in my home office. So when you have a home office, and let's just say, for example, you've got a home office and you have four rooms and one of them is an office. And in this example, they're all equal size. Then you get to write, that's 25%, one out of four, you get to write off 25% of your rent, your light bill, gas bill, all of these things. So it is so important for you to get a tax education. The harvest is here and the time is now. It is your season to win. And so we're going to learn the rules of the game. We're going to play the game by the rules. We're going to find all of our tax deductions so we can be free. That's what we're going to do. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. The station you turn to when you had it up to here with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. Geico presents Daily Affirmations. Repeat after me. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts create our reality. Our thoughts create our reality. We're thinking Geico offers claim service 24-7 with personalized attention from an assigned team. Geico offers claim service? Um, I, I wasn't thinking that. We think it and it becomes our reality. So, uh, what about washboard abs? Just give it a go. Think really hard. Okay, abs, abs, abs. Yep, abs. keep thinking. To manifest more Geico in your life, go to geico.com. Drop it! When you tune in to KBLA Talk 15 we want you to know what you're downloading. Now you listen to me, and you listen to me closely. In a recent African-American media issue survey conducted by the Public Opinion Research and Public Policy Consulting Firm, Eviterus, KBLA Talk 1580 was found to be the most trusted, credible, and reliable source on the airways for black Los Angeles and beyond. And beyond. Check it out. We take our role seriously as your trusted messenger. At KBLA Talk 1580, it's about truth, not ratings. And when you hear us say, when we come when forward, Forward. We mean it. We mean it. That's the bottom line. We're not going back. Not to the back of the bus. Not to back alleys. Not back in the closet. And definitely not back to the good old days. Might as well forget it. No way. We're unapologetically progressive. Progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. Find a righteous range. And don't be afraid to say what you see. We're KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome forward. Now, this is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time and one dime at a time. And that means you. OK, so it's Tax Talk Thursday here on the Millionaire's Roundtable. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time. Yes, one day at a time, one dollar at a time, one dime at a time. I love saying that because I really believe that this can happen for you. Yes, it can happen for you. Uh, wealth is not just something that's reserved for uh, those who were born into it. Wealth is not something that was just reserved for, uh, you know, the people of a certain uh, race or creed or color or religion. Wealth is something that is attainable 
by all of us. Now, it might be a little harder for some of us, but guess what? That's okay. I tell people all the time, they say, well, you know, if you are a person of color, you have to work three times as hard to get the same recognition. I say, no, if I work three times as hard, that means I'm three times as good. If I have to work three times harder, that means I'm three times better. If I have to work three times longer, that means I am three times stronger. So let's start to take uh, these things that we call lemons that are sour and let's make them the lemonade of our life. Because yes, you too can do it. I'm telling you right now, if I can do it, anybody can. So it is Tax Talk Thursday and there are tax write-offs um, that you can have. And had Antoine Walker had a tax strategy because he probably owed, uh, who knows, somewhere between 40 and 50 million on those taxes. Now, um, on that $100 million um, on that $100 million contract, he probably owed somewhere between 40 and $50 million in taxes. I'm telling you. So if he got uh, $100 million, had to pay out 25 to $30 million in agency management, legal fees, and then had to pay out another $40 million in taxes. By the time tax time came, didn't have the money. And that's what happens to so many of us. So we're going to live our lives like a business. I don't care if you go into the family reunion this year and, you know, they're going to be uh, at the picnic and they're going to be burning up the rib tips and, you know, all that kind of stuff and uh, doing the electric slide and, uh, you know, all of the dances that we do, the wobble, all of that. That's fine. But you go for business. Go for business. You can go for business and then you can still go to the family reunion and still enjoy yourself. But the difference is you didn't get your money back and I did. Okay, so we've got to uh, get this thing down. Here are some additional uh, tax write-offs that you are not thinking about. Your car. When you drive your car for business, it is a tax write-off. If you drive your car for personal reasons, it is not. OK, so when you have a home based business, every time you leave your home and you go get in that car and you do business, you now are able to uh, document the mileage and you are either going to write off the mileage at the end of the year. I think it's like 57 cents per mile or something like that. I don't know what it's been updated to, but it's somewhere up there or you're going to write off all of your expenses. So what if your lease was uh, $500 a month? What if your gasoline, your maintenance, your oil changes, um, all of those things, now you get to write off a percentage of that. So if you spend $500 a month on your lease, that's $6,000 a year. And if you drove your car half the time for business, now you get $3,000 of that money that you spent. You get it right back. Okay. So we've got to um, learn. And there are over 400 tax deductions. Go get my book, get your money back, tax deductions you never knew about. Go to askland.org because the harvest is here. The time is now. It is your season to win. We got to do this. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Lynn Richardson is making millionaires. One family, one day, one dollar. One dime at a time. You're listening to the Millionaires Roundtable on KBLA Talk 1580. So what's the action of the day? What is the word of the hour? I'm going to put them in the same category. I've said this before, but the Bible says he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. He who is unfaithful with little will be unfaithful with much. Who can be trusted with true riches? If he cannot handle unrighteous money, that's essentially what it says. So while we are embarking upon this next level, while we are embarking upon 
embarking upon new things, new dimensions, new ideas, new hopes, new dreams. Ending a spending addiction starts with being faithful with the little things. It starts with being faithful with the little things. You know, again, I often say, is the devil your accountant, right? Uh, Because when you go to the store to go buy something uh, that you don't need, the enemy says, you know, you deserve that, even though you don't have the money. But when you get to to the pew at church or wherever it is that you're supposed to go and tithe and give. And so we start thinking about all the bills that we have. Well, I can't give this because I got to do that. Well, I can't tithe because I have to do that. Well, I can't commit to this because I got to do that. So we want to make sure that we are lining up and that we are being faithful with the little things. We want to be faithful with the little things so we can be blessed with the big things. Remember, what you do with $1 is what you will do with 10 of them, 100 of them, 1,000 of them, 100,000 of them, or 1 million of them. And if you have a spending addiction making $20,000 a year, you'll have a spending addiction making 50,000, 70,000, 200,000 or 200 million. It'll be the same thing. That's why you see these entertainers when they, you know, come into some money and they've got five cars, but you can only drive one. They've got eight houses, but you can only sit and lay in one bed at a time. They've got, you know, uh, gold, everything, gold teeth, gold shoes, gold, you know, uh, teeth, tooth, uh, toothbrush, everything. All right. And so I'm not downing any of those things. If you can afford it, if it fits into your 30 percent, remember the 10, 10, 30, 50, the first 10 percent you tie, the next 10 percent you save, 30 percent is cash in your pocket for those incidentals. If it fits in there, then it's OK. If it doesn't fit, get rid of it. Remember, everything has to come out of that 30%. And if it cannot come out of the 30%, then this is your beginning. This is your new season. This is your new time. This is your new dimension. This is your new reason. And the reason is because you deserve it. The reason is because whatever you were given doesn't belong to you. You can go out and get what is yours. And what is yours is freedom. Okay, so remember that on Freedom Friday, on Freestyle Friday. Remember that when you are trying to break through, the harvest is here and the time is now and the power is in your hands. You've been listening to the Millionaire's Roundtable right here on KBLA Talk 1580.